Nothing like a splattering of applause, right? <laughs> if you're going to commit to it, you might as well commit to it. <laughs> uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we're in a little mini-series about the faith of Moses as we're working through chapter 11. I'll give you a little bit of a background today in case you're needing the reminder. Several generations before Moses' birth, his family moved to Egypt to the land of Goshen with the aid of Joseph, who actually rescued them from a great famine that had hit. And sometime later, Pharaoh arose, who enslaved the Egyptians for a couple of different reasons. Number one, he wanted to reduce and control their population. And secondly, he wanted to use them to build massive Egyptian projects, building projects. And even though they were significantly suppressed by the Pharaoh's actions, God blessed them uniquely. And he gave them a great increase in their population rather than a decrease. So, as you remember, the Pharaoh ordered infanticide among all those Hebrew babies, boys being born. In the time that that was happening, Moses had faithful parents who had brought him into the world, and they saw the beauty of God's plan of redemption in their son. The scripture just says that they saw that he was beautiful, but I believe behind that is their understanding that he was going to be a redeeming agent used by God to free the people of Israel. And they saw that. So rather than killing him, they actually hid him. To the point that they could no longer conceal him in their home and the mother came up with a great plan or at least enacted this plan where she put some pitch in a basket that had been made she made it waterproof and she conspicuously put him in the presence of Pharaoh's daughter there at the Nile River and she immediately was attached and she brought that little one into her arms and made plans right then to bring him into the palace as soon as he was weaned. Many years later, Moses had an affection that had been growing for his own people, the Hebrew people. And if you remember the narrative, he began to empathize with them and see the hardships that they were enduring. And he wanted to do something about that. Once while he was visiting the people, he saw an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew man, beating him. And he was so enraged with uh, just a quick indignation he came and approached him he looked around to make sure nobody was looking and he killed the Egyptian and buried him right there in the sand and the next day he went out to be among the people again and he saw two of his own fighting one another and he went to the one who was the the instigator in it and he said hey why are you fighting against your own brother and you remember his reply he said, who are you to be the judge over us, the ruler over us? What, are you going to kill me like you did that Egyptian? And Moses' response was almost instantaneous. He was filled with fear, and he fled because he knew the word would get back to Pharaoh. And so he fled to the land of Midian, marked with fear, and there he lived for about 40 years. And in that 40-year period, God was working in his heart helping him to see that redemption comes by the call and the command and the grace of God. It doesn't come in our own actions, in our own ways. 
And he nurtured him with great faith so that at the end of that period of time, he could leave Midian, go back to Egypt, and actually be the redeeming agent that God would use to bring the people out of the land of Egypt. So initially, fear caused Moses to flee Egypt, but four decades later, he returned with seasoned and steady faith. I think that's a good moment for us just to say, pause right there. Some of us want to build faith instantaneously. And I can tell you, you will not be able to build your faith quickly. Now, God will bring it by his grace. You can ask him for it, and God will pour out faith in the measure that he determines it necessary for you to have. And he gives that measure to us uniquely. But faith, enduring, confident faith is built over time. And so some of you who are in your 70s and 80s, God is bringing you into the fullness of faith just like he was when Moses was 80 years old and he left Midian to come back to Egypt. Stay the course. As I'm working with our 55 plus group and Kay and I are with them regularly, including tomorrow we'll be with them at lunch and Almost every time, I'll, I'll give opportunity for somebody to, to give their faith journey story. Because I believe that's important for us to hear the journey that God has put on each other and how we have seen the evidence of God working and hear the narrative of faith. It's no greater heard for me than somebody who's seasoned in their life. has gone through the difficulties of life and the joys of life and the the uh, various changes of life and they can stand with confidence and say God is faithful and they can tell about how their faith has grown as well all of us ought to be moving in that way just building and growing and asking God for great faith now in this I'm going to just pause along the way as we're working through the narrative and just mention some things that I think really stand out that are important to us and one is that Moses was enabled in his faith to have a front row seat of God's great work of grace his miraculous work is going to be right there on demonstration for Moses to see when Moses was filled with fear he was running away from the movement of God but when Moses is a man of faith he's right there front row center to what God is about to do with great redeeming works of grace which brings me to our first conclusion that faith not fear puts us in the realm of God's movements it'll be your faith that'll put you right there in the midst of what God is doing so at 40 Moses had fled Egypt in fear of Pharaoh 40 years later he returns to rescue Israel from their plight leading them in faith out of Egypt so we see in Moses a vital principle of faith and that is Faith in God delivers us from the fear of man and puts us in the middle of God's works of grace. Faith, it's so important that you and I would be pressing towards faith, asking God for great faith and exercising that faith that he has given to us because it puts us in the middle of God's activity. When we are filled with fear and marked with fear we're moving away from God and when we are pressing in faith to the things of God we will be in the midst of what God is doing 
so here's the text for today it's one verse one simple verse but I want us by the end of our time to understand the depth of it by faith Moses left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible so fear is a powerful motivator so suppose this afternoon Kay and I were on a walking trail there at Nakalula Falls and we come across a rattlesnake now hopefully it's cold enough that the rattlesnakes are not out but let's just suppose that we come across a rattlesnake Kay would be motivated by fear though she is four foot eleven and three quarters she probably would outrun the great Flo Joe of 1988 Olympics you remember her if you want to know what that looks like when she's moving pretty quickly, think of Fred and Barney on the Flintstones. Those little feet just move really quick. She'll surprise you. So fear is a really healthy place for us when we need instant action, isn't it? It's one part of what God has done for us. It can move us to action. It can alert us to great danger healthy fear is necessary for us it brings a necessary response in our life as if we're running like flojo away from something but now listen to this god does not intend fear to last in us it's not meant to be a lasting emotion for us it's meant to bring response it's the way God has made us in a physiological way that when we have that and that adrenaline kicks that it moves us but it doesn't last in us because when it lasts it becomes very unhealthy physically emotionally relationally spiritually it becomes very unhealthy so if fear is persisting it will wreak havoc on us let me just throw it out here the culture of the West has been promoting fear for the last two to three years like I've never experienced it before. Do you think that the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of darkness of this age, is not behind that? If fear moves us away from God's activity and faith moves us towards the midst of God's activity which one do you think the enemy is working in us so I think what we need to recognize in this moment is that yes fear brings a response and it ought to be one that moves us to action and an appropriate action but then it ought to settle real quickly into confident faith and assurance in Christ who is the sovereign over all and just rest in him be patient in him have confidence in him so fear has this great healthy place of our life, but it also has a real unhealthiness if we let it. As one author noted, fear is the result of distrust. It's of taking the eye off God, of being unduly occupied with difficulties and troubles. That's that lasting presence of fear that will wreck us. So whereas fear discounts and discredits faith, this is good news, faith is a lethal weapon, a destroyer of fear. And so you've got to ask yourself with very intentionality, which one am I moving towards? Which one am I building in my life? 
I pray that it's faith. So God desires faith to be lasting and growing in us and increasing in us because it dispels unhealthy and persistent fear. Hebrews eleven twenty seven is saying that in a short, simple, powerful way, Moses is not running anymore. Fear has not caused him to continue to run away from the people of God. Instead, faith has enabled him to see and respond with faith increasing. And as faith is increasing, fear is decreasing. And as fear is decreasing, faith is increasing. And so I pray that you and I are taking these lessons on faith and saying, oh God, by your grace, build faith in me. Pour faith in me. And let me respond appropriately. How about us? Have we considered faith and fear in our lives? Are we giving it consideration? Because when it comes to faith and fear, we need to recognize one is building and the other is diminishing. And we need to find out which one of those is happening in us. So what fears do you have that God wants to triumph over in faith? The psalmist recognized this truth and gave us this in Psalm 56. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose words I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. So he's not saying that fear doesn't come. Fear does come. He says, when I fear, I put my trust in you, God. I put my trust in your word. And when I put my trust in your word, look what he says. I will not be afraid. You see what's happening there? When fear is increasing, the psalmist says, I want God to increase even more. And as God is increasing all the more in my confident faith, fear is diminishing all the more. You've got the opportunity to let faith flourish in you or fear flourish in you. And it's your choice. God is giving you a great opportunity. So I sense that we need more faith. I'm just going to be very blunt about it. I need more faith. I need God's grace to pour out more faith in me, confident faith, so that when fear comes, I put my trust in him with all the certainty that the sovereign God of the universe has already planned out this day. It's already been written before one of them came about, and he's already making measure for me to walk confidently in him. So I want to I take a moment to point out to you how important faith is this morning. But I also want to point out the object of the faith is absolutely essential as well. There is a false teaching that has infiltrated many churches and I hear it some in Meadowbrook as well. And so it gives me a, an opportunity as a shepherd to just kind of guide the sheep in the biblical truth that God has given us. Because if we're going to talk about faith, we ought to talk about the right kind of faith and the right expression of that faith. Now this false teaching, this false faith that's out there is rooted in Eastern religions. It's come into our culture through the New Age movement. And it's uh, rooted in several other false beliefs that I just don't really have time to go into. But it's defined by some as the law of attraction. And it's that like things attract. If you express certain things, you, those things will be attracted to your life or if they're positive or the, the negative. So this comes out in the communications about faith that some people have that, that really is not biblical. In fact, it's, it's atypical of what you would find in the Bible. 
It's often like this. I have faith that this disease is going to be removed from my body. I have faith that the, the heart will increase. I have faith that the cancer will be gone. I have faith that the report will go well. It's an outcome. I have faith that this will happen or that will happen. Or in Jesus' name, I claim this to be. That's, that's a false teaching that you're not going to read in the Bible. Now, you'll find that in the books of Tony Robbins, but you will not find it from the pages of the Bible. Amen. So we just need to pause to recognize what God is calling us to is not faith in an outcome. What God is calling us to is faith in him. And when we have faith in him, we have faith in the sovereignty of our God who loves us, right? Who wants what's best for us and he alone knows what's best for us. Now, I give him suggestions from time to time. And in those suggestions, I will often throw a caveat in there, but Lord, you know better than I know. You are the timeless God. You're the eternal God. You're the all-knowing God. You're the all-powerful God. What's best for me, you alone know as my heavenly father. But wow, who, how do I ever want this, Lord, please? So I want us to redirect our thoughts regarding this. Seek God for the results that you long to experience. Seek him in those. If you have cancer, seek him for healing. I'm seeking that for you. Kay and I pray regularly for the people who are sick in this church and the community, those we know, we call out your name regularly for God to do great things. So express that that you long to experience and trust the sufficiency of God regardless of the outcome that he has determined in his sovereignty. This is important because faith should singularly focus on the Lord. That's where he wants our faith to move to, to him, to, to lift him, to honor him, to glory in him. So put your faith in Christ. A simple way to pray biblically might be in this. It'll be on the screens for you. In my healing or in my suffering, may my inner man grow close to you, Lord, and may I reflect more of Christ. So Lord, heal me, please, and in my healing, may I draw close to you and may I be more like Jesus or if you determine not to heal me in my suffering, Lord, let me draw close to you and let me be more like Jesus. That's really where he wants us to drive. It takes a temporal way of life that's filled with brokenness and sickness and disease and it helps us to bring to the bare, the forefront of our lives, eternity. That this life in which we live is much, much more than the 70 plus years that he gives us on average so have faith in christ last week we talked about god-given faith that empowers us to refuse fleeting pleasures to recognize that we want the eternal over the temporal and to look toward the eternal reward and what today's verse verse 27 is doing is that god has given us faith that can endure opposition and trials without crippling us in fear that, that these things are presented to us and God is giving us the opportunity to have great faith and as I look out as I'm talking to some of you I, I catch eyes with some of you and I know the trouble and the trial and the suffering that you're going through and I'm not saying these words with shallow fickle expression but I feel 
your pain and I know you're concerned and I know the fear that is brought up in you that fear in a short while has moved you to respond to treatments and to some different way of life some some different diet and whatever is going on I think that's healthy and good but man am I ever praying that God will bring healing to your life and in this moment I'm praying that in the midst of that regardless of his decision that has already been made in his sovereignty that you will grow in faith I feel I feel your heaviness listen to this verse again by faith he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible so before leaving Egypt and going so with redeemed Israel Moses obeyed God's instructions even while he was wrestling with persistent uncertainty maybe that's where some of you are right now in the trial that you're enduring there's unsettledness there's uncertainty I couldn't I wanted to take this paragraph out just my little note to myself and I kept thinking I don't know that that really will apply for them but now in this moment I know why the spirit sort of conditioned that thought in my heart it's because Moses was wrestling even as he's growing in faith he's wrestling he's always wondering if he's got the words to say right he's he's always marked with self-doubt have you noticed that about him I mean he's growing more confidently in his faith and he's growing in his boldness but he always wrestled with that and maybe some of you are there in the midst of the trial in the midst of the hardship you're you're in you're uh, doubting maybe you're second guessing maybe you're wondering okay you can grow in faith even in that we shouldn't expect you or the leaders to be perfect we shouldn't expect that we're all going to have it all together that everything's going to be right in our mind and we're going to all say it correctly but we should expect that God will help us to have growing faith confident growing faith Moses pr proves that people can lack self-confidence and be fully certain in faith in God those two wrestlings that vexing within our spirit and our flesh that's real and some of you are experiencing that Moses did too he came out the victor on the other side because his faith was constituted in his Lord according to Exodus 4 through 12 those chapters by my count Moses goes before the Pharaoh no less than 11 times and with each time Pharaoh's heart is hardening but Moses's faith is increasing he gets more and more confident even as the hardships are continuing he's growing in his faith trusting God and his word trusting in God and his character trusting in God and his call to Moses and the people he's just learning to trust God over and over and over and as time goes along the solidity of faith is forged like steel in him evidence is leading to this mass movement uh, that that Moses is going to bring among the Hebrews and it's going to be very visual as he's leading the people and the women and the children out of Egypt moving towards the promised land and they're rolling carts of the treasures of Egypt with them as if it is the spoils of war 
it's confidently moving to that point. So that brings me to another summary. Faith doesn't grow without being tested. It's not possible. There is going to be tests along the way. And those tests are meant to bring endurance in us, perseverance in us, a development of our character in faith. Can you imagine the animosity and the derision that came against Moses by Pharaoh? How about all those people in his court? How about all those magicians that were surrounding him? Can you imagine the people of Egypt, how they hated Moses and how that animosity and rage was coming against him constantly? The, the battery that he must have experienced. His own people, the Hebrew people, turned against him immediately when he went to let Pharaoh know that God had told him, let my people go. They immediately began to hate him because Pharaoh put more work on him. Can you imagine the resolve that Moses needed in this moment? The constant railing that would come against him? Can you imagine the faith that God needed to pour out into Moses during this incredibly difficult time? But here's what I'm confident. Moses did not allow the voices of enemies nor the naysayers around him to discount his faith. And you're going to have to come to that same conclusion. The noise around you and the naysayers around you will try to bring fear into you, but as you build up your faith, that fear will be suppressed. Grow in faith, even as the voices around you are coming against you. Listen to the confidence of Moses. I, I couldn't walk away from this. This is the final declaration that Moses had with Pharaoh. These are the final words that Moses said to him. Now, you can hear the confidence that he has in the God who has called him to make this word. Chapter 11 of Exodus, verse 4. So Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die. Now he's saying this to Pharaoh. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and the all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor ever will be again. Listen to this great faith. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, neither man nor beast, that you may know that the Lord makes the distinction between Egypt and Israel. Look at verse 8. And all these servants, can you imagine him pointing them out? All these servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying, get out, you and all your people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. <laughs> that little phrase, hot anger, is going to be my phrase for the day. Hot anger. That's a righteous indignation that's coming up out of Moses with confident faith. I mean, he's speaking to the most powerful man in all the world. In any other occasion, at any other time, with any other man, he would have had him arrested immediately and tortured near to his death and then executed when Pharaoh thought it to be necessary. But Moses didn't back down with hot anger. 
he makes bold proclamation to Pharaoh because he recognized the voice of God had said to him, this is what God had said to Moses, I will be with you and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So Moses is standing before Pharaoh knowing that God said, you're going you're gonna to worship me on this mountain. So even with Pharaoh and all of his court and all of his people coming against him, Moses stood with confident faith that God said, I will worship him on that mountain over there. So he says to Pharaoh, you let my people go. Under those kind of circumstances, most people would be filled with fear, but not Moses. He's filled with faith. Oh, there was a time he was filled with fear. He took off running. But this is the time that he's standing steady because God had developed in him 40 years of understanding who God is. And he's got great confidence. For those of you who are young, grow in your faith. For those of you who are older, you ought to be solid in your faith. Help the rest to move towards where you are. Talk about what God has done in your life. Talk about the faith that you have in him. Share that with other people. This is the time for you to shine. This is the time for you to lead. This is the time for you to stand boldly. Be confident in your God now we understand more fully the significance of this real simple verse of today Hebrews eleven twenty seven. by faith he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible now notice the treasured truth and the impact that it has on Moses in the last part of that verse it says he endured as seeing him who is invisible and that moves me to another summary statement. Faith, enduring faith, comes from a conditioned heart. It comes from a conditioned heart. Now, endurance doesn't come from a determined will. It's not going to come from a resolute mindset. It's not going to become in your life because you have an accountability partner. Instead, enduring faith comes from a heart that is inundated with the presence of God. One entirely given to the perfection of God, the word of God, the presence of God. Just given to that. So we need to point out this very clarifying statement in verse 27. He doesn't say that he has great enduring faith because he saw the invisible God. That's not what he's saying. He says he has enduring faith as seeing him who is invisible. And that is a distinct understanding that you and I need to capture. In other words, Moses has set the Lord before him continuously, dwelling on him, pursuing him, the invisible God, as if he is forever before him. Writing for the C.S. Institute, C.S. Lewis Institute, Tom Schwanda writes that our periodic awareness of God is not God's design. Let me put that in different words periodically experiencing God at church periodically having moments where the hair on the back of your head stands up those moments where you say oh I just experienced 
the movement or the presence or the certainty of God, those moments in periodic ways is not God's intention for us. And if you're, if you're experiencing that periodically in your life, you can kind of point back to them. Oh, I remember this time. I remember that time when the presence of God was significant or was real in my life. Then you are shortchanged, my friends, and your faith needs to grow. Here's what he's saying. Instead, the triune God desires for us to cultivate a practice that is the habitual patterns of our lives. We should not expect nor seek only spectacular encounters with God that minimizes the normal way Christians have experienced God over the centuries. Like Elijah, we need to realize that God's presence is typically not in the mountain-shattering wind or the convulsions of the earthquake or the consuming fires, but rather in God's gentle, quiet whisper. Living as seeing him who is invisible living with the presence of God consciously before you purposefully aware that God is always present and we can practice being in his presence as well and doing that makes us more mindful of him the more mindful of him we are the greater our faith will be what are those things for you that help you to be most mindful of the presence of God for me it's reading and reflecting on the scripture it's taking opportunity to engage without being hurried in the scripture it's reading with a pencil in my hand trusting that God's word is going to speak to my life in very practical ways it's considering God's sovereignty through world experiences contemplating the news with where is God in the midst of that 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 brings the presence of God before me as seeing the invisible God it's singing psalms hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord making melody in my heart singing songs to him songs that I know songs that I sometimes know and make up the words as I go and songs that just come out of my heart that probably make no sense to anybody else except God just singing to him it's going on long walk, uh, walks through the woods and just having time in prayer just walking and talking to the Lord it's not like God's presence is going to mystically show up for God is present everywhere but doing those things puts the presence of God right before me. It helps me to be mindful that his presence, his omniscience is at all times before me. And it helps elevate that before me. I think that's what Moses is doing. He is enduring with faith as seeing the invisible God. He knows that God is in his presence at all times. He, he's learned that. In the wilderness of Midian, he learned that. And now as he's standing before the throne of Pharaoh in all of its might and glory, he knows confidently that God's presence is with him. Living is seeing God in the present. Now just as there are things that we can do to condition our understanding of the presence of the Lord, there are things that we do that cause us to be distracted from the presence of the Lord. And we should reduce those in our lives and rid our lives of that. 
I, I jotted down some things for me that caused me to be distracted from the presence of the God of God and it's constant entertainment it's constant noise media it's mindless scrolling through social media it's all the selfishness the self centeredness the anxiety the frustration the um, the pride it's all of that that distracts me from the presence of God you know what I ought to be doing in those things I ought to be trying to put those things down in every way in the power of the spirit of Christ to the glory of Jesus and to the good of my soul so what is it that you can practice in your life to keep the presence of God before you in a very mindful way and what is it that will distract you that you ought to get rid of one is going to build faith and one is going to build fear now we know more powerfully what this verse is all about eleven twenty-seven. by faith he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible now we're getting it this is what he's doing now we understand that your life and my life can be lived in in that way as well that we too can walk away not in fear of that situation that we too can endure with great faith because we have the presence of God with us and we're ever mindful of his presence before us so faith endurance and practicing God's presence makes for strong Christians who have enduring faith and Meadowbrook that's what we need that's what we need to make a real difference in this world and live our life to the glory and honor of Christ. That's what we need. So trouble comes to every one of us, and although we don't like them, they offer us great opportunities to grow in faith. However, those same opportunities allow us the opportunity to grow in fear. So no one here wants to grow in fear. I don't believe that. But I believe there are a number of you who want to grow in faith. And in the midst of the trial, or in the middle of Midian, or in the harsh realities of the naysayers, God wants to increase your faith. Ask Him for it. Ask Him with great trust. And who he is and what his word is to you, what his promises are to you, and what his relationship with you is. Ask him for faith. And in the midst of that, let him be forever before you as you endure. And may Christ be more widely known because of it. Now let's pause and pray. Is your heart right now eager and longing for greater faith? a God-given given gift of grace and faith, then ask him for it. He's a loving God that does not hold back to you, doesn't hold back from you, that which he longs for you to have. Ask him for it and trust that he will give. And Lord, as you give faith, pouring it out in great measure, I pray we would appropriate it well, receiving it, trusting you for it, exercising it, 
considering you before us at all times and around us, behind us, in the midst of us. And Lord, we would grow more confident in our faith and endurance in Christ. And in doing so, may he be glorified in us. I pray it in Jesus' name.